on this episode of Why Watch That. You have, on one hand, people going, Daredevil, the people who know he's doing it, you need to stop. You need to focus on us, your friends, and stop running around and trying to save all of these people. It's too dangerous. You're getting beat up. We're worried. Okay. Then you have, on the other end, other vigilantes saying, you don't go far enough, Daredevil. You don't want to kill people. What's wrong with you? You're weak and ineffective. It's story. That really draws us and compels us. Yeah, it's that campfire spirit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. What's the point? Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Oh my gosh, TV, you better be worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, it's about time that we catch up on what's going on on the latest and greatest in television because all the winter breaks are done. And uh, now TV's full steam ahead, so we just have to catch up somehow. Yeah, I mean, the reins, we've lost the reins. We've lost control of television. (laughs) <laughs> so what do you want to start with, Ref? I would like to start with the very new Shonda Rains installment in her Thursday night takeover of ABC, and it's called The Catch. That's right, Shonda Rhimes is back with yet another... The Catch! The Catch! <laughs> with, she's back with yet another... Um, not not just an episode, she's back with a whole new show. And it is yet another female protagonist. So thank you for that, Miss Shonda Rhimes. Um, it stars um, Murray. Did I say it right? You know. Right. Yeah. And she is the ultimate, absolute top of her game private investigator who gets conned by the con of cons, um, played by Peter Krause. And he takes not only all her money, but takes a little bit of her pride and integrity as well. Oh, and maybe he's taking something else. Uh Uh-oh, now watch out. Wait a minute, don't give it away. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I think this was a decent start for the show. My wish... My wish would have been for it to start before they even meet. Set up Marie Enos as this great P.I. Set up Peter Krause as the greatest con man of all. Then they meet, sparks fly, and then the conflicts start rolling. Uh, we didn't get that. In Shondaland, they love to just throw us into that boiling water, ref. That's what they love to do. Well, you better get your towel ready because <laughs> I don't think she's going to be slowing down. There you go. Now, uh, the thing is, though... Those two actors are professionals. They know exactly what they're doing. Marie Enos was in The Killing. Uh, Peter Krause was recently in Parenthood on NBC. So I am so excited to just watch them do a little tango with Catch. Yeah. Oh, we're going to move on to um, another type of tango that you don't want to be in, and that's being a slave (laughs) in the 19th century. And we're talking about WGN's Underground. Now, we have 
already mentioned the the um, show before, so you can catch a previous uh, episode or two. But what I will say is that I'm finally caught up with you, Critic, and I have to say, you're right! What? I know what? it. I know it. Oh. I'm saying it. You are correct. Oh. In that, the, um, this um, new series, Underground, pins together perfectly the contemporary music along with its very period piece of these slaves and abolitionists who are preparing for the Underground Railroad. Um, actually mapping that thing out, trying to figure out what the song means to get them to f- uh, to freedom is a wonderful little um, um, installment inside of the series. Yeah. You also get a sense of not only what the slaves are going through, but also what the abolitionists or pre-abolitionists have to go through in order to secure their home, to make sure that they too are safe from um, the law. And, 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 and Peter, uh, excuse me, Christopher Maloney does a hoo 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 on yeah. you? You weren't expecting what I you told did. you. I said, no. watch out. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to catch this particular series, be prepared for the unexpected. But I will also say, you will not be disappointed. So, absolutely not. It's it is really urgency in action. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's only what six episodes, so we're not going to be dragging this out over five or six years because you can only do that for so long. <laughs> Let's move on to, um, let's actually move on to Netflix. Oh. And we're going to go, you have finished, the, you've finished the Daredevil season two. Yes, I have. And you've got some things to say about it, especially that you've, because you've seen a recent release on film, which you can catch the critics critique of Batman versus Superman. I feel like you got a lot to compare here. Okay. Oh boy. Daredevil Daredevil season two. Now we're getting new people. And this is all about Daredevil's past, both both recent and not so recent. Uh-oh. Starting to catch up with him. And he's really hemmed in on both sides. Because here's what happens, Raph. You have on one hand people going, Daredevil, the people who know he's doing it, you need to stop. You need to focus on us, your friends, and stop running around and trying to save all of these people. It's too dangerous. You're getting beat up. We're worried. Then you have on the other end, other vigilantes saying, you don't go far enough, daredevil. You don't want to kill people. What's wrong with you? You're weak and ineffective. So he can't win. All right? He is pitted against the Punisher. Of course. So we get the Punisher and look. John Bernthal, who was a veteran from The Walking Dead and numerous films, is a great Punisher. Uh, there's also Elektra who shows up. Uh-oh. Oh, I, well, you know, they need to reboot uh, that. Oh, they completely rebooted that one. Now, let me tell you. And someone from season one shows up. I won't say who it is. Okay. So here's the thing about Daredevil. Since we have 13 episodes... We can see the exploration of him versus the Punisher. It's well-developed. We get it. And it's not like Batman versus Superman where it's kind of like, I don't even know what I'm watching. Okay? So, you know, instead of two and a half hours, we got 13 hours. 
to explore that. And what's so great about this show, what I said before in season one, is that we understand every character. They don't just develop Daredevil. We get the Punisher, his backstory, where he's coming from. We get Elektra and all of that. So I think while it's not perfect, they do a really good job of developing things and of giving great action sequences. Look, the use of light and dark, the use of what you show, what don't you show, the use of staircases, libraries, <laughs> um, offices. It's just great. So overall, good for me. And check it out if you haven't. You know what? Netflix is really hitting it out of the park. They are, they're really getting their groove when it comes to television. And I'm excited to what they're going to do with film as well. Let's kind of yeah. compare that a little bit with DC's Legends of tomorrow that's on CW very different network they can only go so far but this is the Avengers if you will of the DC comic world of tomorrow though so um, I haven't watched it so I'm gonna have to totally rely on you on this one yeah, well, let's just set it up quickly. So what happens is you really have a team of misfits. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. So they have their own agendas. And what happens is uh, they are pulled in to like this. It's like this whole time hunter thing. I won't give it away. Don't give it away. Yeah. But um, this time master pulls them in. He convinces them to join him to essentially save his timeline but he tricks them into it so that's what goes on uh but once they are involved they of course continue and they fight this one bad guy vandal savage is his name i'll say it again vandal savage okay (laughs) and what's fun is you see them skip times the 60s, the 80s, whatever it's going to be, the future, the past. Um, and it fits well with the whole air, arrow. Arrow and flash. Flash. You, it's closer to the flash and tone, uh, so it's lighter that way. Is it great? No. Is the writing always good and the acting always good? No. But it's fun. If you're a fan of this kind of comic book thing and you just want to kick back and eat some popcorn, I'd say go for it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's um let's speaking of future, let's talk about USA's Colony, which stars Josh Holloway, um who yeah. was a former who was Sawyer basically on Lost. That's and right. And I I know you only have brief things to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so this finished the whole season of of 10 episodes the first season. He's also Josh Holloway is joined by Sarah Wayne Callies who was in The Walking Dead uh and Prison Break. Yes. Actually. So they play a married couple on two different sides. So here's what happens. It's the future. The yeah. aliens have invaded, invaded. And what the aliens did, they set up barriers, walls, Donald Trump, walls Uh-oh. to separate the different colonies. So mm-hmm. the colonies are like the cities. So there's an L.A. colony. There's a San Diego colony. Uh, of the cities that survived the alien invasion. And they have uh, invited, I'll use that euphemism, invited humans to help their cause. Sure. So you have the resistance and then you have the humans who are working with the aliens. So Josh Holloway's character works with the aliens. Sarah Wynn Callie's character works with the resistance. And again, they're married. But the whole point is one of their sons is in another colony and you can't just travel to another colony. Oh, no, 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 no. So they're trying to get him back. And so you see how they 
try to negotiate each other to make that happen. Is it great? No, but it is interesting. And I think overall it works for you sci-fi fantasy geeks. Well, I tell you what, I, you just may have to check it out for Carl Weathers alone. Um, <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to pick up on that. <laughs> and let me tell you, just and we can move forward after this, he does a great job. I know he does. Yeah. People forget about Action, Action Jackson. I'm just saying, he's working hard. That's Apollo Creed we're talking about. Yes. Okay, so let's let's finish oh. with Netflix. Oh, okay. The House of Cards. Yes, The House of Cards. You have finished the complete fourth season, and I'm sure you're tired and emotionally exhausted. Can I tell you that I was going to rotate three shows on Netflix at once. I was going to watch House of Cards, the new season I was going to watch, Daredevil, second season, and Happy Valley's new season. I ended up being sucked in House of Cards. Of course, of course. (laughs) This, let me, since the previous season, where there was a storyline to me that really wasn't uh, central enough, it wasn't bad, it was just kind of not necessary. This new season is so focused, so well done. We're back to Frank and his wife. Oh, boy. This time, look, it is no longer just a house of cards, ref. It's gloves are off. It's a house divided. (laughs) Gloves are off this time. Oh, yeah. They're going after each other. and it, it def- It's like the War of the Roses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kevin Spacey, Robin uh, Wright, they are just beautiful actors. They do such a great job. But, of course, some things happen. And let me just pull this in. You get Cicely Tyson this season. Oh, boy. Uh, who plays uh, a representative in Congress. You get her daughter, played by Lisa Gay Hamilton, who wants to succeed her. But Claire has something to say about that. Yes, you also does. get the great Ellen Burstyn joining those great ladies as Claire's mother. Yes! <laughs> yes! 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 <laughs> and where it ends is so chilling and matter of fact that it's going to have you sit back, gasp, and think about where we are right now politically in the world. So I, my hat's off to this season. They cleaned it up. There's one little thing that I would fix, but it, I mean, that's minor. Oh, it's minor. Well, listen, I think that's a pretty good start to the catch-up. We've missed so many other TV shows, but we frankly don't have time. But, listeners, (laughs) you start off with some of these, we can't say that you'll be sorry. In fact, you will be enthralled and entrenched into the world of television. Did you know? Part one. Critic. Oh, ref. <laughs> I have a did you know for you. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. What is it? Okay. What actor got his first big break starring as a hotel clerk oh. in the short-lived Golden Palace, which was a spinoff of Golden Girls. Oh, please. Golden Girls. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to need a lot of time to think about that one. <laughs> Give me a moment. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show.
Did you know? Part two. I have no idea. Mind you, not the Golden Girls, but the Golden Girls spin off the Golden right. Palace. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, like Perfect Strangers, that Belkin guy. <laughs> no, no, it is Don Cheadle. Stop it! Stop. <laughs> yes, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle starred as the hotel clerk. <laughs> and you know what? He's starring as Miles Davis in Miles Ahead. That's that's um, right gonna be releasing soon so okay from the golden palace to, <laughs> to <Yeah>. miles ahead <laughs> back to why watch that why watch that insider so listeners guess what we are inviting you to a private exclusive conversation <laughs> that uh me and the critic have on a regular basis um we talk quite often, not only about film and television, um, along with, uh, you know, plays and musicals and things like that, but we talk a lot about story. Yeah. And that actually is why we do Why Watch That. It's, you know, rarely do we say, oh, just watch this for the lighting, or <laughs> make sure you watch the directing and this. I mean, we'll do that occasionally and we'll highlight, but at the heart of the matter, um, it's story yeah. that really draws us and compels us. Yeah, it's that campfire spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, what's the point? You know what? I'm already, I'm thinking of Batman versus Superman again. Let's move oh, on. Oh, jeez. You did not <laughs> let it go. I can't. Whatever. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, here's the thing. The recent conversation that we've had has to do with um, the overall feeling of a story or the overall journey of a story. And, you know, we're taught in acting class, you're taught as a writer, you're taught whenever you're doing something creative through the written word, that there, in order for it to be compelling or dramatic, there has to be conflict. Yeah. And um, without the conflict, you're really just, you know, not as intrigued as you would be. And that's probably why you don't like those trilogy movies where it's Ethan Hawke and the girls <laughs> walking in France. What is it called? Oh, yeah. The before Sunrise yes, before and all of that sunrise. stuff. There's really no conflict. But they do, in my opinion, like, they get better as they go. <laughs> I tell you. I, tell, I like them myself, so I don't mind that at all. But um, we're seeing in our television, and especially in television, and of course in film, a lot of, of conflict. Yeah. And everything is about conflict. And I think that in order to have a great story, you have to have something that the protagonist overcomes. True. Yeah. But you have to set it up properly. And what I'm feeling like... That is the key. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. The set up. Yeah. I think that's, that's given such short shrift in a lot of these new movies and TV shows. And... and we want that. I need to know why I want to keep watching this. Exactly. And, <laughs> and especially with um, television, when you're asked to invest in, like, years of yeah. your time, um, an hour a day for 26, um, you know, evenings out of, you know, out of, out of a like year. Like Fishburne like, said in The Matrix, for 100 years. For 100 years. But, um, um, okay, so the point is, I recently saw Miracles from Heaven. Yes, the new movie that's out starring uh, Jennifer Gardner and produced by um, TD, Bishop T.D. Jakes along mm -hmm. with, um, you know, other people. Yep. 
And it was one of those movies, I do have to admit, I was, I wanted to support, but I was kind of like, okay, I'm preparing myself for, you know. Yeah. You know, anything. Yeah, a possibility, at least. Yeah. And I was, I was surprised. Oh. Didn't have some moments that were sort of, you know, a little, not campy, but just, there were some moments, but, but my overall feeling was, number one, there wasn't a dry eye in the entire theater. You were crying? I was crying. Oh! Everybody, one of my friends who's like hardcore, you know, skeptic and all, bawling like a baby. It was like, there were some really amazing moments. But what I have to say about it was, it was, there was serious conflict. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't on the path of darkness. Yeah. And can I just say right now, Ref, because you said something so compelling to me. You said, and this is going to be the title of this segment, dark doesn't necessarily mean complex. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what I mean meant by that is this recent wrapping of Downton Abbey. Yeah. And I'm going to say it was, it is definitely one of my favorite television series. I will put it in the top five. Wow. I will. I'll put it in the top five. Where there's some conflicts, of course they were. They were battling each other. They were battling the times, the changing times. They were battling yes. elements. And that was the narrative force. It was really their their whole society running up against the future. Yes. yes. And, and the inevitable future that we That's all know right. is going to happen. Yeah. But it wasn't this heavy, dark undertone to it. <laughs> But it was still compelling to watch. And complex. And very complex. Each character was thoroughly developed and complex on its own. And so by the time that you got to the end of the series, you were fully satisfied. But I wasn't depressed, lonely, shaken up, like... (laughs) Oh, no, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and it was not campy. No, but it was like the Lord of the Rings. One ending, two endings, three endings. <laughs> yes, there, there, yeah, Julian didn't know which way to end it. Or, you know, or he did, but he just picked them all. Right. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, it's a, it's a show that you can watch with your children. It's a show that you can watch by yourself. It's a show that a skeptic could watch. Yeah. But that, to me, is a testament of good story telling now are there some shows that without it being dark in some places it wouldn't work of course breaking bad is pretty much difficult without exploring well, the, yeah. the the complexities um but it but to me i at the end of the day i'm just thinking yes um you know down abby's characters in my opinion are just as complex as breaking bad characters and the thing is you know we can have a balance you can do both we can have light and complex and dark and complex. I mean, like when, the good wife. Yeah, like the good wife. And before we get to that, when you mentioned this to me, I was thinking of the West Wing. Oh, yes. Which still stands out to me as something that was such a breath of fresh air. We had such smart characters, adults on the screen, Aaron Sorkin writing it, and oh you've got every complexity in the book. And then we now are in the age of the good wife, as far as we're concerned, and that's wrapping up. And that can do both. See, that's the good thing about The Good Wife. It doesn't go too dark, ever. But it can give you a taste of it. So, you know, we were talking about this and how they're wrapping up Alicia Florrick's journey. Yeah. And we we know that there's going to have to be some sort of 
nuanced position she's going to take. Yeah. Because she's getting to the point now where she's like, look, I'm tired of all of it. I'm just going to go with the flow. <laughs> okay. I would, mm-hmm. I'll hop in bed with you if I want. I don't care about my husband. Forget him. And, you know, we understand that because of the development. So the question for the kings, the creators, is going to be how do they end it? Now, they know what they're doing. They planned for seven seasons. So we're yes. going to see that. Yeah. So, and my hope, in, my hope is that at the end of the day, just pay off not the current state of Alicia or the current state of any character for any writer who has an extended series. Please hear me. Pay off for the seven years worth of investment. Yeah. that a fan has or the two hours or two and a half hours in your Superman versus or Batman versus Superman pay off the person who's investing the time to see it and then their way you know we all can be happy so that's my take beautiful <laughs> and now the pick of the week all right, the critic is coming to us with a pick of the week, Togetherness on HBO. It's wrapping up. Created by Mark Duplass, along with his brother, Jay Duplass, along with uh, Steve Zitzis. I'm assuming that's how you say their names. Yep. Amanda Pete's also starring, and we know her. It's actually quite interesting. Go ahead and tell us why we should watch it. So this is the second and final season. HBO did cancel it. Uh, now, they're calling it a comedy drama. That's exactly what it is. It is one of the most unique shows on TV. What It's really about 40-somethings, and we know what happens when you get to that age. Oh, right? boy. Midlife oh. crisis. That's right. So Mark Duplass also plays one of the central characters. He's married to his wife, played by Melody Linsky, and they are really in a bad place. Uh-oh. She's thinking outside of the marriage, and he's thinking, okay, I thought we were okay. So in this second season, we see the aftermath of her actions. Um, and then we have Steve Zissis, who is uh, Mark Duplass's character's friend. He was an aspiring actor in season one. He's now a success. Uh-oh. Okay. I won't tell you what role he's getting, but it's hilarious. And Steve Zissis, for me, is the reason, the main reason to watch this. His work is stellar. So is the rest of the cast, but I keep coming back to him. And Amanda Peet plays uh, the wife's uh, sister, who is a mess. Okay? She's dating Peter Gallagher. <laughs> okay? <laughs> of course. But Steve Zissis' character was in love with her. She rejected him. But now that he's moving forward, she starts looking at him going, wait a minute. So, oh. you know, these people are all a mess. It is improvisational. And this season, uh, even more so than the first, the rhythms of the improv are so good. They're, the way they go from comedy to drama is absolutely beautiful. So if you haven't seen it, it's only two seasons. If you have HBO Go, watch it and enjoy. Oh, thanks, Critic. Dynamic Network offers podcasts that have something for everyone. Our conversations feature experts who not only inform, but also engage. Interested in sports or entertainment, we got you covered. What about business, current news, pop culture, and politics? No problem. We take care of it all. Check out Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com, where every day brings a new perspective. Again, that's Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com. 
Also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.